Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Stories of the New Testament, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner of In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 130 examines Matthew chapter 15, 21-39, Part 2, Miracles. In Matthew chapter 15, part 1, verses 1 through 20, we examine false traditions. In this, the second half of Matthew 15, we shall address miracles. Matthew 15, 21 through 26. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. If the words of the Savior appear harsh, we must remember that Christ can do no miracle except by the faith of the people who receive the miracle. He was testing her faith. Now, if you put yourself in the woman of Canaan's shoes, see if it doesn't appear very familiar. There are three levels of faith tested here. First level, Christ ignores the woman. He answered her not a word. How many of you have felt ignored when you asked for a miracle? A long period of time may happen, and heaven appears completely silent. Many quit. Some get angry and turn against God. Some lose their faith. The woman of Canaan persisted. How long the silence lasts varies for everyone. Persistence is critical. Second level. Christ appears to insult the woman of Canaan. Christ said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And many of us have felt insulted, as if we were inferior, unworthy, looked down upon, invisible to God. It is a temptation to either get angry and quit, or batter ourselves into believing we are unworthy. Third level, the woman of Canaan looks beyond the apparent affront. Her answer is the right answer. We are all beggars before God. We all, no matter who we are, eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Humility is primary. Christ does not see anyone as a dog. He died for everyone equally. This Canaanite woman represents every one of us. She rose to heroic stature, 
and therefore her miracle is publicized for the entire world to see and learn from. More of us identify with the woman of Canaan than we do with Peter walking on water. It is because of the woman of Canaan that all of us can expect miracles from God. The Savior, of course, already knew the power of the woman's faith. He already knew that he would heal her daughter, and he knew her answer. Christ is the great teacher. He is teaching his disciples one of the greatest lessons they can learn. They, too, when he is gone, will have to go among the Gentiles and teach the gospel and perform miracles. Christ is also flying in the face of the Sadducees and Pharisees, who see all non-Jews as unworthy and unclean. He puts them in place by healing the Canaanite's daughter. Christ is also teaching the Gentiles that like the Jews, they must humble themselves and come unto him to be saved. The fact that this miracle among thousands survived 2,000 years in print in the New Testament is a witness to the importance of that moment. It is not just the Canaanite woman who must be humble and submissive and come unto Christ. It is everyone. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. It is not her heritage that grants her the miracle of healing. It is her faith. If you think Christ's words were harsh to the Gentile, listen to what John the Baptist said to the Pharisees and Sadducees just before baptizing Christ. Matthew 3, 7-12 through 12. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth therefore fruit meet for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you, that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly perch his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But if you think John's words were harsh, listen to what Christ called the Pharisees and Sadducees. Blind guides, fools, whited sepulchers, serpents, hypocrites, child of hell, wicked generation. Christ was revolutionary. He knew from the beginning that his own tribe would kill him. He came to earth to sacrifice his life for all mankind. That is made clear from the miracle above. Faith, not blood, separates us. It was just a matter of time before he was killed. How many times during his ministry did he miraculously escape the attempts on his life? Yet, when it was his time, he rebuked Peter for cutting the servant's ear off. In his last miracle of healing, he healed his enemy as they delivered him up to an angry mob that led to his crucifixion. That was the only recorded healing that did not depend upon the recipient's faith. Christ was right in a wrong performed by his own chief apostle who was yet to learn the full nature of Christ's mission. Christ performed many miracles among the Gentiles. For example, he healed the Roman centurion's sick servant. 
Matthew 8, 5-13 And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it unto thee. And his servant was healed in that selfsame hour. The parables of Jesus also clearly teach that the gospel is for everyone who accepts it. In the parable of the sower, some seeds fall by the wayside, some fall upon stony places, some fall among thorns, and others fall into good ground. People are divided by their faith. It says nothing about Jew or Gentile. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, a priest and Levite, both Jews, passed by the wounded man on the other side of the road. Only the Samaritan, who was looked down upon by the Jews, stopped to help him. Also, in the healing of the ten lepers, the only one who returned to thank Jesus was a Samaritan. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten clans? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. The Samaritans referred to as a stranger. It can be assumed that the other nine were the seed of Abraham. One of my favorite stories, however, is the woman of Samaria. John 4, 6-10 Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. 
Again, distinction isn't by race or blood, but by humility and Christ-like behavior. We see the same in the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the ten virgins, the parable of the tares, and the parable of the talents, and so on. Wherever Christ went, the people followed. Matthew fifteen twenty nine through 31 And Jesus departed from thence, and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee, and went up into the mountain, and sat down there. And a great multitude came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered, when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. I have an appointment in August to have cataracts removed through laser surgery, a thing that was not available 2,000 years ago when the Savior was healing the blind. The operation can literally restore my sight to its former 2020. I was given three choices by the surgeon. One, to restore my distance vision to just less than 2020 and use corrective glasses for reading and other close-up activities. Two, to restore my close-up vision and use corrective glasses for distance. And three, to pay $5,000 out of pocket and correct both distance and close-up to their former powers in both eyes. Miracles today depend upon insurance and not faith, it seems. Insurance pays for number one procedure or number two procedure, but does not pay for number three. The more money you have, the greater the miracle. I did not feel I could pay the 5000 therefore I opted for surgery number one, long-distance vision, and to wear glasses for close-up activities such as reading and computer and so on. However, I have astigmatism in both eyes, the left eye more advanced than the other. To correct astigmatism, because of insurance limitations, I must pay $1,100. I chose to correct the astigmatism only in the left eye. How many miracles of healing are performed today through science and technology that could be done only through miracle in the time of Christ, and even in recent history? Is there a difference in healing by miracle and healing by science and technology? I may surprise you, but I say there is no difference. I believe that all technological advances related to healing are revealed to man through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The fact that it is revealed to those who are most prepared does not alter anything. Actually, it teaches us a great principle. The Lord blesses those who are prepared. The surgeon I chose operated on my wife very successfully. He is skilled and has performed the operation hundreds, if not thousands of times. I am grateful for his expertise. I do not care what his beliefs are, or the color of his skin, or the color of his politics. I would rather be operated on by a prepared sinner than an unprepared saint who operates by faith. The fact that the physical body has the power to heal itself is also a miracle. Medical science can only advance as far as natural law allows, and it was God who organized laws, both temporally and spiritually. That theme runs through all of our podcasts. God is a God of law and order. And everything he does, he does through law. There can be no exceptions. Those who deny the power of God because they can give a scientific explanation know neither law nor God. One day we will all discover that everything good in this life comes from God, and everything evil comes from Satan, the two great opposites. We have agency because God grants us agency. One of the primary differences between God and Satan is that God protects our agency at all costs. 
Satan seeks to take away our agency at any price. All miracles are of God regardless of the earthly source. Our nation is under covenant with God. As long as we keep his commandments, we will prosper. When the day comes that as a nation we turn against God, we will fall, and that fall will be sudden. We are a nation of miracles. It was a miracle that we won our independence, and it was a miracle that we grew into the power we have become. When we lose that vision, we will lose our freedom. Those who do not believe that our nation was built upon Christianity have ignored the thousands of Christian churches that dot this land, many now empty. They deny history because it doesn't fit their fantasy. When the day comes that we deny miracles, then the end of our democratic republic is near. We are held together only by miracles. Faith in God is the greatest patriotism that we can have. It is fitting that Matthew 15 ends with Jesus feeding the great multitude, which consisted of 4,000 men, meaning that there were probably over twice that many counting women and children. Matthew 15, 32-39 Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they continue with me now three days, and have nothing to eat and I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. And his disciples say unto him, When should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude? And Jesus saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven, and a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, And he took the seven loaves and the fishes, and gave thanks and brake them, and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did eat all and were filled, and they took up the broken meat that was left, seven baskets full. And they that did eat were four thousand men besides women and children. And he sent away the multitude, and took ship and came into the coasts of Magdala. Try to imagine spending three days in the wilderness with the Savior of the world as words fell like manna from his lips. Words of eternal life, followed by the miracle of turning seven loaves and a few little fishes into a banquet with seven baskets left over. Let me end this podcast with a question. How does multiplying seven loaves and a few little fishes to feed eight or ten thousand people differ from the following miracles in the story of creation? Genesis 1, 11-12 And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. Genesis 1, 20-25 And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life, and fowl that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, 
Be fruitful, and multiply and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. It is simply a different manifestation of the same miracle. All miracles are governed by law. Without law, there could be no miracles. Science camouflages the miracle. Those who hide behind science to deny God will one day be humiliated by their own nakedness. It was God who organized the laws. Science should bring us closer to God, not push us away from God. Faith precedes the miracle, but it also requires faith to recognize the miracle. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.